Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Animaction, and to those of you who watched part one of my animated 80 series, welcome back. To those of you who haven't, well, welcome to you as well, but seriously, go watch that one when you're done here. It's pretty decent, if I do say so myself. And also, before we get started, if you love 80s cartoons and all things related, then like and subscribe. So with that out of the way, let's jump right into part two of the animated 80s. So just as a refresher from the 1980s episode, the key things that I pointed out about the shows of that year were the minis and variety show formats, the use of classic characters from past years, and the significance that Japanese cartoons had. I also mentioned that there weren't a lot of new ideas seen throughout that year. Now, with that in mind, it's time for us to see how things changed as the decade progressed and take a look at 1981. The first thing I want to look at for this year, before we move on to the new shows that premiered during this 12-month period, are the series that survived 1980 and lived to see 81. It's actually a pretty decent list, as nearly all of the 1980 shows are still in the air in some form or another for at least part of this year. The only series that didn't carry over were Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, which ended after four years on the air, Battle of the Planets, which ended a three-year run, Fred and Barney Meet the Shmoo, and The New Adventures of Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll, which had both premiered in 1979, and The Drack Pack and the Tom and Jerry Comedy Show, which both began and ended during the 1980 calendar year. A couple of shows saw some changes between their 1980 and 81 versions, with Heathcliff and Dingbat becoming Heathcliff and Marmaduke during its second season in September of 81, and Tarzan and the Super 7 dropped Tarzan and Jason of Star Command and became Batman and the Super 7, which ran repeats of the original New Adventures of Batman from 1977, as well as all of the original Super 7 segments except for Jason of Star Command. Lastly, the Tarzan Lone Ranger Adventure Hour added another classic hero to its lineup with the addition of Zorro, becoming the Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour. Everything else that you see here continued to air in its 1980 format, for at least part of this year. With the coming of the new year, though, came new ideas and new shows. Eventually. Every show that I'll be talking about here waited until the new season start in September, or in some cases later, to start airing. That's pretty much the norm for this era of TV, though, as mid-season replacements weren't really a thing that happened much back then, and most of the returning 1980 shows ran at least until September to fill the gap. When the new shows hit, all 12 of them, there were definitely some good ones, though, which made 1981 a year of quality over quantity. We'll start with one of only two new shows that employed the mini-episode format so prevalent in 80, which was Hanna-Barbera's Space Stars. Unlike the previous year's World of Super Adventure, which reran original episodes of different shows from the 60s, Space Stars used a combination of old and new characters. For old, we saw segments of Space Ghost, the Herculoids, and a new show starring Astro, you know, the dog from the Jetsons. Again though, unlike World of Super Adventure, Space Ghost and the Herculoids got all new episodes, and Astro and the Space Mutts was an entirely new show. The series also added a new superhero-based segment called Teen Force, which introduced all new characters. I recently picked this one up on DVD, having not seen it in its original run and not being familiar with it until I created this channel, and I really enjoyed it. It's some good vintage 80s fun. It's also one of only two shows from this year that I'd say fit my channel structure with action shows as I define them, keeping in mind that I mostly stay away from true comic book superhero shows like some we'll see later in this episode. The other show that fits here with this minis format is the Quickie Koala Show, which contained four different segments. Quickie Koala was a standard bad guy tries to capture good guy Tom and Jerry-ish show, except the difference here was the main character was Koala with super speed. The other segments in the show were the Bungle Brothers, a series of shorts about a couple beagles who want to become stars, Crazy Claws, about a large cat trying to evade a fur trapper and his dog, and Dirty Dog, about a homeless dog and his rat friend trying to avoid a police officer. Can't help but notice a theme here. Moving on, though, the other major format from 1980 being the multi-bill shows, was more heavily represented. 
There were three series this year that used this template. Heathcliff and Marmaduke, which was a restructuring of Heathcliff and Dingbat from 1980, the Kid Superpower Hour with Shazam, and the Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour. Heathcliff and Marmaduke remained a half-hour show made up of shorts of, well, Heathcliff and Marmaduke. The Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro show kept the same hour-long runtime from 1980, but took out one of the 15-minute episodes of the Lone Ranger to make room for Zorro. And the Kid Superpower Hour was basically a block of two regular-length shows containing an episode of Shazam and an episode of another show called Hero High. The thing that made the Power Hour unique was the inclusion of some live-action segments sprinkled throughout each hour of runtime. Everything else new we got in 1981 came in a standard half-hour standalone format. We got seven of these this year, with the list including Goldie Gold and Action Jack, Trollkins, Blackstar, Laverne and Shirley and the Army, two Spider-Man shows, both a solo and Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and the longest-lasting show of the year, The Smurfs. So out of those, we had a show based on a 70s TV series, a couple shows based on classic comic characters, and some brand new ideas. Goldie Gold, Trollkins, Blackstar, and the Smurfs were all brand new intellectual properties with no association to any past productions. I mean, in the U.S. at least. Technically, the Smurfs came out in Belgium in the 70s, but they were brand new here, and still relatively new there, having just aired in 1976. Speaking of the Smurfs, it was pretty much a slice-of-life, problem-of-the-episode, bumbling bad guy show, which was pretty reminiscent of earlier animated sitcom-type shows combined with some action and excitement for a new twist. Trollkins, which is no relation to the naked, fuzzy-haired versions of Trolls, I mean, those things didn't get a cartoon until 1993, was a standard wacky hijinks show with no real stakes. Goldie Gold was about a newspaper heiress inviting herself along on her paper's star reporter, who happens to be her boyfriend's, adventures. At least I assume she invited herself on all these dangerous trips. Either that or the show was secretly about a complicated plot by Jack and his editor to get rid of Goldie and take the newspaper over for themselves. And finally, for the new idea standalone shows, we have Blackstar, the other series from this year that would be a good candidate for this channel. This one was, well, ha have any of you seen Farscape? John Blackstar is an astronaut stranded in an alien universe after getting sucked into a black hole. On Farscape, John Crichton is an astronaut stranded in an alien universe after getting sucked through a wormhole. The main difference is that Blackstar ends up in a Conan-esque fantasy world while Crichton ends up in Muppet Star Trek. So what kind of year did this make 1981? There were no anime like in 1980 introduced to kids and bringing new things to animation as a medium, though Star Blazers and Force 5 remained on the air. The new shows we did get were mostly formulaic or similar in structure to shows from previous years and decades. Was there anything noteworthy to take away from the year? I think so, sure. For one thing, it was kind of surprising to me that this early in the decade we had not one, but two female-led shows. Before that, we'd really only seen a handful, with Janna of the Jungle aired as part of the Godzilla Hour, a single season of Spider-Woman in 1979, and then something like Webwoman, which was one of the shorts in the Super 7. It was rare to see even one female-led show, and we wouldn't get another until 1984. The other significant happening this year was the shift toward predominantly standalone 30-minute shows, which over the next couple of years would become the norm for cartoons. Character and narrative-wise, I don't really think this year had much to offer, but in some ways that may be because this year, and for the most part 1982 as well, were the calm before the storm. Stay tuned for the next couple of videos to find out what I mean. And now, just like I did with 1980, it's time for me to tell you all where these shows can be watched as of May 2023. Unfortunately, this section's going to be filled with bad news. Of the 12 shows from this year counting Shazam and Hero High separately, three of them have no official way to be viewed, and another four are only available on those ridiculously expensive out-of-print DVDs. 
That means that only six remain that we can stream or buy, with both Spider-Man shows being available on Disney Plus with a subscription, and the other four consisting of The Quickie Koala Show, Laverne and Shirley in the Army, Space Stars, and The Smurfs being available on DVD. Oh, and The Smurfs can also be streamed for free on Tubi, but I'm not sure how much of the series is available there. Doing these videos and finding how many of these shows are either lost or partially lost or in danger of being lost worries me for the others. So if you want any of them, get them while you can. I've picked up as many of the physical releases as I can myself, both for my own collection and to use on this channel, because you never know when the ones on streaming are going to go away, and the only real way to own it is to own it, you know, physically. But that's it for 1981. The decade, as you can all probably see from this video and the last one, is taking its time to get up to speed. There are definitely a couple of hidden gems here, as Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends was one of my favorite childhood shows, with Iceman still being one of my favorite X-Men to this day, and Space Stars being a series I really enjoyed since discovering it. Overall, though, this year wasn't terribly impressive. Will 1982 be any better? Check back here shortly to see. Until then, thanks for watching, and I hope you've enjoyed the series so far. Stay tuned, and stay tuned. As in cartoon. Later.